My name is Emma Martin, and this is the Lazy Keto Mum Podcast. If you are looking for help with keto and low carb, you have come to the right place. We're going to talk about something I love to hate tonight. Those of you that have been following my journey for a while know that I hate exercise. Hate it. Now I just do what I like. And that's been a really big change for me over the last few years. Um, because, you know, everyone says you should spend time in the gym, yada, 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 slap, no thanks. Share with you tonight why that's not a key for everybody. If you like going to the gym and you like doing that stuff, then don't stop. But tonight we're going to find out why it actually doesn't help with losing weight and different forms of movement that are possibly better for you and your brain. Because this dietary advice was implemented in the 50s. Actually, it's been implemented yonks before, but we're going to learn about why we believe it to be true. But I'm going to tell you it's not true. Eat less, move more is absolutely flawed. And the reason it's flawed is because when we eat less and move more, our body thinks we're going to die. It actually will preserve the muscles, it'll preserve our metabolism. So it downregulates everything. And so it slows everything else down in order so that you can catch the next lot of prey. So by all means, if you enjoy going to the gym, don't stop because building muscle is really important, especially as we age. But eat less, move more is actually flawed. It makes us hungry. It makes us want to eat more. Having said that, I am an advocate for gentle exercise, and I'm going to go through that with you tonight um, in a little bit more detail. Calories in don't equal calories out either. This is a really big dieting myth that the more you eat, the fatter you get. But as we've learned, it's about hormones. Regardless of whether you're male or female, it's about the hormone loop of testosterone, estrogen, cortisol, adrenaline, insulin. And this is how we unlock the way we feel better because when you're eating well, your hormones come into balance and everything starts to work in the feedback loop. You think about a circuitry board in, say, like a computer. If there's a bit missing, it doesn't quite spark well. Well, our bodies are the same. So eat less, move more. When you, when you down your intake of food, the body goes into like a starvation mode. And so then we cut back our calories. We go, uh, so our body's like, oh, should I be worried? And then we go out and we do this mad exercise and our body actually starts to shut down all the important things like self-repair, cleaning up the brain. So let's look at that a little bit more. Way back in the 1800s, this guy's name is William Banting and he was a royal undertaker and he was quite portly. He was, try he was trying to lose weight. And he was one of the very first low-carb adopters, uh, quite almost by accident in a way. But what he'd already tried, physicians said at the time, well, if you want to lose a bit of weight, you just got to eat less and go and row every morning. So he went rowing down river every single morning. But what he wrote about was that it only made him hungry and he didn't have the ability to make good choices. And that's because your body wants to top you up. So it sends you hunting. 
you'll see uh, marathon runners where they're running, 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 and all of a sudden they just run out, run out of fuel and then their body switches over to ketones. So, and, and if you're running on ketones, you've got a much cleaner fuel. So if you are doing exercise, you've got less oxidation, et cetera, in your body. So it's a lot cleaner as well. Anyway, William Banting uh, eventually started doing low carb and cut back his rowing and he just went for a walk every day and it started to drop off, which is pretty much exactly what I did and what I've been sharing with you guys. So the other thing, um, and we're going to talk about light incidental type exercise, is it cleans up your brain. Think about the other goals. So if you're here for fat loss, there are other things that this helps with. If you're not here for fat loss, we're thinking about cleaning up brain pathways and cleaning up inflammation inside ourselves. And one thing by getting off sugar, upping your exercise a little bit, you can actually clean up quite nicely. So in 1953, a guy by the name of Mayer, and actually there was a journalist as well, Jane Brooks, I think her name was, these guys became very big advocates for eat less, move more. But the problem with that is that it suggests that we're all fat and lazy and that if we aren't exercising, that's why we got fat. And so we've got this lag. Even in America today, you know, they've got the, I don't know what it's called, but it's basically an eat less, move more program in schools. It's not let's take the sugar out and minimise the blood spikes. Imagine what that's doing to their brains and how they're going to age, like type 2 diabetes. It's massively on the rise. So Maya came up with this theory that if we cut our calories, we moved more, we were going to burn our storage, but it so doesn't work like that. It downregulates our metabolism, it makes us hungry, and it is absolutely flawed. So hopefully you guys are happy to hear that uh, working out and doing crazy amounts of stuff isn't the answer to weight loss breathe because that is another myth just like salt just like fat there was no proven science and the 10,000 steps I might be getting ahead of myself here that came from a figure in Japan that somebody thought was just a good idea (laughs) go figure so the thing with moving so going for a walk or dancing with the broom, or doing some housework, or taking the dog for a walk, is that it improves mood because it upregulates serotonin, upregulates dopamine, and these are all the feel-good things. And what that does is it counteracts stress. In return, because of the serotonin, you get much better sleep as well. And sleep is important because that's where the brain does all the cleaning of its neural pathways. So it's defragging you. You remember the computers of the um, 1980s, 90s? The computers had to defrag. So, you know, it was about sorting out the filing cabinet, working out what's good, where it needs to go. That's what our brain does. Our brain's active while we sleep. So sleep is super important. And just a 20-minute walk a day can upregulate all of these things. The limbic system, so the drainage system, is really important to get a good cleanup. So when we go for a walk, a light walk or a dance or rollerblading or whatever, you get oxygen up into your brain and it starts to clean out everything else as well. And we've spoken about intermittent fasting before and how autophagy triggers uh, recycling of cells. Well, so does walking. 
or any kind of light exercise. If you think about our ancestors and how they would have actually lived, most of the time they'd be relaxing. Maybe they'd go up and dig up some yams or women might go and get some berries so they'd be maybe climbing trees or plowing through bushes or whatever, fishing. And then men would be off, they'd go and catch their prey, they'd bring it back and they'd all have a big old feast. And so they were getting regenerated. So the other thing is in today's world, we're breathing in a lot of carcinogens. Our oils are toxic. All the stuff um, last week I shared with you, all those ingredients in the food, they create oxidation inside our body. So going for a walk, as simple as that, can clear all that up as well. So that's the importance. There's so, so many benefits. As we age, preserving muscle is really important. When I hit a plateau at one stage, I have a keto doctor and he suggested to me that I walk for one minute and walk really fast for the next minute and then use some little mini weight because building muscle as we age is really important. It helps with the fast twitch muscle, which is the bit that catches us when we trip over a gutter. So, you know, we talk about old people having a fall. You want to be able to actually catch yourself. So muscle preservation is really important. So rather than cardio and doing crazy workouts, you are better to go for a daily 20-minute walk. Also, it reduces insulin resistance. It reduces inflammation. It also helps clean up the neural pathways. So you're protecting yourself against cognitive decline. And so you're putting the zippy back in. You're putting the spark plugs back in. You're giving them a really good cleanup. 10 minutes a day can make a really big difference. But what I'm saying is if you put on some music and you dance to a couple of songs that you really love or, you you know, you get out and you're in the vitamin D in the sunshine, the best movement is the one you're actually going to do. If you don't like walking, find something else. Find something that you like. Maybe it's going fishing. That's exercise. Pulling weeds out. I go and pull out weeds for half an hour in my garden or chase the chooks around or go and use the whippersnipper. And I'm building muscles while I'm doing that. But because I, my brain thinks that's not exercise, I'm good. And you, your brain's cleared up and those forms of exercise tell your body that you are not in a self-preservation state. So you can minimise stress and response there as well. So NEAT is basically the exercise that you do by walking up the stairs instead of taking the escalator, but it's incidental. So just park a little bit further away at the shopping centre, take the stairs instead of the escalator. You could walk the shopping centre if that's your jam. It's kind of nice in the air conditioning right now. So all of that incidental exercise is called NEAT. And basically what it is is the stuff that we that helps clean everything up. Yes, so what if you get to 10,000 steps? Maybe that's a good benchmark for you. I rarely do. And as you heard before, it's a, a 10,000 steps was just plucked out of the air. So lowering stress, balancing cortisol, dopamine. So some ideas for you. Hobbies. So I was talking before about gardening. I love just going and pulling weeds out. Get out in the garden, do some pruning, go for a bushwalk. Um, If you like to swim, go for a walk on the beach and a swim while you're there. Um, Listen to podcasts. And my very favourite, I build myself a playlist. 
So I built myself a playlist of four or five amazingly happy songs. Uh, they might be ABBA or Queen or, you know, I'm a child of the 70s. Build yourself a 20-minute playlist and just walk for that. And enjoy it. Put a smile on your face because that tells your body you're okay. What is best? What is best is what you'll do. Dancing so or dance walking like I do. I'm sure the people who drive past me are like, my God, what is she doing? Because, you know, I'm like, we this. I figure, you know what, the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. Um, hit high-intensity interval training. Now, this one is a little bit different to fit because the interval training gives you a gap and it gives you a chance to recover as well. So yoga is amazing. It builds your core strength, Pilates, and just walking. Get out in the sunshine. Get the dopamine. Get the vitamin D. Don't forget your fasting. If you do exercise while you are fasting, you clean up many, many more neural pathways. You burn much, much more fat. So you can, if you don't have your breakfast and you go for a walk early on, if you're taking ketones, use them because they will accelerate you and go for a walk in the morning while you're fasted. That's even better again. The best exercise is the one you'll do. Don't call it exercise. Do something you love instead. Go for a walk on the beach. Anything that makes you smile is going to be a good key. Know that it's all a loop and that you can clean up your brain and sleep better. And um, if you're struggling, you can jump on a call with me anytime. And the other thing you might like to do is track or keep a diary. Often we are attached to food because it brings back memories. Those of you that have read my book will probably remember that every time I smell vanilla, I am taken back to my grandma and the times I had with her. And so for me, that's a real food trigger makes me want to eat ice cream and blah, blah, blah. So, and we all have those. So if you are plateaued or you're struggling or you feel like you're not getting anywhere, you can actually use trackers. So you could use Carb Manager. You could use Chronometer to track for a couple of days. I'm not a big advocate of tracking all the time your food and um, movement intakes. I think that this needs to become more intuitive than that. Get out and do a little bit of incidental exercise please. Make a playlist. If you would like to ramp up your results, 20 minutes a day will make a massive, massive difference. So, and your garden will be less weedy too.